Chapter 5 Keep Company with God and with the People of God Intimacy with God is the very essence of religion and the foundation of discipleship. It is in relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit that the most real parts of our lives are lived. All parts that are not lived in fellowship with Him, in whom we live and move and exist, Acts 17.28, are unreal, untrue, unsuccessful, and unsatisfying. Understanding doctrine is one thing and intimacy with God is another. They should always go together, but we often see them apart. Where we find doctrine without the intimacy, there is a hard, proud, hollow religion. Get your teaching from God. Job 36.22 and Jeremiah 23.30 Take your doctrine from His lips. Learn truth while on your knees. Beware of opinions and speculations. They become idols and feed intellectual pride. They provide no food to the soul. They make you withered and heartless. They are like thick winter frost on your window pane, shutting out the warm sun. Let God be your companion, your closest friend, your instructor, your counselor. Take him into the prayer room with you, into the study, into the shop, into the marketplace, onto the train. When you make a feast and call guests, invite him as one of them. He is always willing to come, and there is no company like his. When you are confused and are taking advice from friends, Let him be one of the friends you consult. When you feel lonely, ask him to be your companion in solitude. If people know you as someone who keeps company with God, you will be saved from a lot of idle and wasteful conversation. You will not feel at home with worldly people, nor they with you. You will not choose the half-and-half Christian or the formalist or the servant of two masters as your friend. Nor will any of these people seek out your fellowship. When thrown into worldly interactions by your business or your relationships, as you may sometimes be, do not stop being a Christian. Do not try to make excuses for the worldliness of those with whom you must associate for that is just making excuses for yourself in associating with them. Do not try to make yourself or them believe that they are religious when they are not. Instead, show them whose disciple you are, not necessarily in words, but by a line of conduct more expressive and potent than words. Do not conform to the world in order to please people or to save yourself from their taunting or jokes. Do not be afraid to ask a blessing at meals, or to have family worship, or to enter into religious conversation because a worldly man is present. Keep constant company with the great God of heaven and earth, and let every other relationship be regulated by your relationship with Him. 
Go where you please if you can take him with you. Do not go anywhere if he cannot be admitted. Or if you are obliged for the time to conceal or disguise your divine discipleship. When Joseph went down to Egypt, he took the young child with him. Matthew 2.21 In the same way, wherever you go, take the young child with you. Beware of becoming weak in prayer. Whenever you feel the prayer room becoming a dull place, you can be sure that there is something wrong. Backsliding has begun. Go straight to God so that he may heal it. Hosea 14.4 Do not trifle with it. Do not resort to other means of relieving the dullness such as shortening your prayer time or getting some lively religious books to put off the weariness. Go at once to the great quickener with the cry, Revive us, and we will call upon your name. Psalm 80.18 Beware of going through prayer in a careless or perfunctory way, like an employee doing his work in order to get it done. Scripture Pray in the Holy Spirit, Jude 20. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray with honest fervor and simple faith as those who really want what they ask for and expect to receive it all. Few things have a greater tendency to deaden the soul, to harden the heart, to drive out spirituality than cold, formal prayer. It will consume like a spreading sore. Dread it and avoid it. Do not mock God by asking for what you don't want or by pretending to desire what you don't care about. Scripture The end of all things is near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. 1 Peter 4, 7 Be alone with God often. Do not put him off to just 15 minutes in the morning and evening. Take time to get thoroughly acquainted. Have conversations, bringing everything to him. Unburden yourself fully. Every thought, feeling, wish, plan, doubt to him. He wants to talk with his creatures. Shouldn't his creatures want to talk with him? He wants not merely to be on good terms with you, to use a human phrase, but to be intimate. Will you refuse this intimacy and be satisfied with mere acquaintance? How unwise it would be to be intimate with the world, with friends, with neighbors, with politicians, with philosophers, with naturalists, or with poets, but not with God. That would look bad indeed. It's foolishness to prefer the clay to the potter, the marble to the sculptor, this little earth and its lesser creatures to the mighty maker of the universe, the great all and in all. Do not shy away from being alone. Much of a true person's true life must be spent this way. David Brainerd writes, My state of solitude does not make the hours weigh heavily on me. 
Oh, I have such great reason to be thankful for my time alone. I find that I do not, and it seems I cannot, lead a Christian life when I am away from home and cannot spend time in devotion, in conversation, and serious meditation the way I should. These weeks that I am required to be away from home in order to learn the Indian language are mostly spent in confusion and fatigue, without much enjoyment of divine things, and I feel myself a stranger at the throne of grace for lack of more frequent and longer time alone. Do not suppose that withdrawing this way for the purpose of meeting with God will hinder your work. It will greatly help it. Private fellowship with God will give you sevenfold success. If you want to work much, pray much. If you want to work more, pray more. Luther used to say, when an unusual workload came upon him, I must pray more today. Be like him in the day of work or trial. Do not think that simply working will keep you right or set you right. The watch won't work until the spring is mended. Work will do nothing for you until you have gone to God for a working heart. Trying to work yourself into a better frame of mind is not only hopeless, but harmful. You say, I want to feel more and to love more. This is good, but you can't work yourself into these. I do not say to anyone who is experiencing coldness of heart, go and work. Work, if done heartlessly, will only make you colder. You must go straight to Jesus with that cold heart and warm it at His cross. Then work will be at once a necessity, a delight, and a success.